This is from Intern to Entrepreneur, the podcast for counseling and therapy graduate students who want to start planning their journey to private practice while they're still in grad school. I'm your host, Corey White, and within three years of graduating from my master's program, I had a six-figure thriving private practice, in large part because I started planning my path while I was still in grad school. This podcast is full of stories and information meant to give you ideas about how you can carve your own path to the therapy career that you want. Please note that when you're listening to this podcast, licensure laws and requirements vary from state to state. So check with your state board about what you can and can't do on your journey. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of From Intern to Entrepreneur. Hey, grad students. Welcome to another episode of From Intern to Entrepreneur. Today, I'm interviewing my friend, Andrea Brignano. I love Andrea. I met her about a year and a half ago at a therapist retreat in the state of Utah, of all places, and I was instantly mesmerized by her like electricness. She just has such a cool vibe and presence, and I wanted to be around her and, and hear from her, and I'm so excited that she agreed to come on the podcast to chat with me today so that you can learn about the very cool things that she's doing. So she has three freaking businesses. She is a licensed mental health clinician, and she has a group practice called Therapy Connection, which is a multi-state practice. She has a second company called Achieve with Andrea, where she does like a million cool things related to coaching and consulting for therapists. One of them that I think is awesome is a membership site for therapists to help them with their social media. She also hosts women's retreats, workshops. She creates journals for purchase. Uh, she just does a million cool things with that. You have to check out her website to learn about all of the different things that she's doing. Or actually, she's a social media expert. You should check her out on her social media. And then her most recent company is uh, dedicated to helping people with developmental disabilities in the state of New York. In the interview, she talks about this attitude of being open. And as you're listening to this interview, I want you to really hear all of the different times that Andrea was being open and her openness led her to like a new creative opportunity or a new professional opportunity. So there were so many listen up moments in this interview. I think that you're going to love Andrea as much as I do. So grad students, meet Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for scheduling yeah. one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really cool to kind of like catch up with you because obviously we met about a year and a half ago now. In Too, long ago. Too long ago. Too long ago. Too long ago. I know. I know. And we look so close. Like we absolutely need to get together. um, I think it's going to be really cool for me to hear your story. Like I know a lot about like where you are now, but I'm curious to hear where you got there. So, or how you got there. So could you tell me a little bit about how you started your mental health journey and then how you got your journey to private practice? Yeah, sure. Sure. So, um, as you know, what your listeners will find out, I'm always, my hands always in a million different things. So that I've just been like that my entire life. Um, so I was actually, I graduated, um, back in 2017, um, with my master's in clinical mental health. And at the time I was working at a nonprofit. Um, and I always say for anybody that's worked at nonprofit, you know, that as you grow throughout the nonprofit, you sometimes grow into a role that like is no longer something that you love doing. So 
I was fortunate because I, I still have very strong connections to that nonprofit. I was there for eight years, but I grew into a role of leadership that I was overseeing um, HR, community relations, doing grant writing, doing fundraising and admin stuff. So I was really like burning myself out because I was doing that and doing part-time mental health, working for another private practice. Cause I was like, I still want to do therapy. I want to do therapy. So in 2019, I started my online, you know, telehealth private practice because I was like, I can do this. I've always wanted to own a business. I want to do something more. 2019, as we know, was right before COVID. So the rest of the world joined me online and my business just started skyrocketing because mental health became very accessible for people. Um, in April, 2020, I left the nonprofit and I grew my private practice, uh, Right now, to date, we have 12 clinicians, so we're in three different states. So we, we grew exponentially. Um, we also offer in-home services uh, to people with behavioral needs in New Jersey. So we're just continuing to grow. Um, at the time when my business was growing, I was getting involved on social media um, and just for marketing purposes. And people then were like, you're so good at social. Can you teach us? Can you teach us? I was like, oh start another business. So I started a business and a membership to teach other people how to use social media online for therapy. Um, and I've just loved being able like to use my clinical skill set for different areas of my life. And I think it's very funny just because I feel this trajectory of continuing to grow in so many ways because of the clinical piece. So it's been a fun Fun journey. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, that that would mean that you were at the nonprofit before you became a counselor. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so is that what sort of got you interested in being a therapist? So I was originally going to school undergrad. I was going to school originally for occupational therapy. My grades, I have no problem ever saying this. My grades told a different story of what I could do. So <laughs> I failed. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm graduating with this like general degree. I don't know what I want to do. And I always knew that I wanted to be in a helping profession. So I had a friend who was um, doing mental health and she's like, I love this. And I'm like, you know what? Even in OT, I wanted to do like the psych unit when I was in OT. I was like, let me try out mental health then. And I just loved it. I loved learning about things. You know, I, I love talking to people. I love talking with people, learning their stories. So it just made the most sense for me to kind of like pivot that way. What a great pivot too. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> right. And I love that you're like very transparent about oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, my grades were awful. And <laughs> were so awful. I had to change. And what a great thing that they were awful because yep. ended up super successful in, in yeah. what you're doing now. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely um, it was very interesting because I also I had failed out of the program. It was a five year like con combined master's program, and I f like failed at year four, and I was like, oh my god, like they, are, you know, this is horrible. And I wound up going actually like on a mission trip with the professor that ha I failed his class, and he's like, well, like you would have been great at this profession. And I was like, oh my gosh, like everything in me is like irking my soul that you're even saying this right now. So I, I knew that I was still meant for something more, you know? Um, but exactly, it led me to the path that I was meant to be on, you know? And I, I never take that for granted. And I, I wonder for you, do you think if you had gone 
initially into this profession, initially from like a more traditional bachelor's right to a master's, would you be the therapist that you are? And would you have started a business so quickly? I don't know. I've always been like, I've worked since I'm 13 and I never held just one job. It's since I'm 13 years old. Um, I don't know if I would have had the mindset of knowing what to even do as a business owner when things don't go the way that I want them to, right? Like there was a piece of that, that like, cause listen, in business, it's not always smooth sailing. That's the highlights that everybody sees, but it's not always that, you know, right. I, I think that there was a piece to it that taught me how to be resilient in moments that are challenging for me even now. So I don't, I don't know if I would have even started my own business, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. The, one of the themes that I'm learning from people as I talk to more people yeah. is that it's almost like they're the pivot or the the hardship or the thing that didn't work out almost gives them the experience or the guts or the push yeah. to do the thing that they're doing now. And so I found that really interesting. There's a piece to it, right? Of like, I need to prove to myself and others that I've been able to. And, you know, I like most therapists have gone to therapy to be like, oh, actually, I don't need to prove anything. So now I get to like enjoy these pieces of it and know it's not to prove things. But I wonder if a piece of that, I mean, a big part of it probably was like that I wanted to prove that I could, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious then too, you're in New Jersey, right? Yes. And when you started your virtual practice, were you licensed at that point? Yeah. Yeah. So I was licensed in New York and New Jersey. Okay. So you got licensed very quickly. So it was, yes. Yeah, so it was 2017 that I graduated. Yeah. I had probably, I got my license, I guess, 2019. Mm-hmm. Or no, I passed. I'm I'm sorry. I graduated 2015. Oh, I'm older than I say I am. I got my <laughs> license in 2017. But then, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Oh, I am older than I think that I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I graduated 2015. I got my license in 2017. 2018 was when I started playing around and like go, looking at different courses and things like that and like understanding the online world. Um, cause again, there was still, even at that time, I was like, I'm not doing therapy. I want to do therapy. So I was working for a private practice. I was working for some online companies, um, doing, doing telehealth. Um, and I was also doing in-home stuff. Like I wasn't just working at the nonprofit. I was working three or four other part-time jobs to fill that void of, oh my goodness, I want to be doing therapy or I want to be, you know, doing more one-on-one work. Um, because I've always just done <laughs> so many different things at one time. So it's very funny because even today, people are like, you are in so many different places. I'm like, this is a breeze in comparison to what I've been doing like my whole life, you know? Well, you're yeah. making all of the choices now about the past. Exactly. It's not just you're piecemealing things together to try to make an income right. or to try to satisfy mm -hmm. whatever desires that you have to right. do that. So, okay. So it was about four years post-grad yeah. that you started yeah practice, which means yeah. that it blew up so quick. It was about five years that it seems right. like maybe there was like some success to be had. Oh, yeah. Why virtual? Why did you choose virtual to start? So I, I, I tell everybody this, I am not a mom yet, but I know that I will be one day. I was very fortunate that I had a mom who 
commuted to the city. We originally were in Staten Island. That's where I originally was. Um, she commuted to the city every day. So her, her commutes were long, but she was still a very present parent in my life, my mom and my dad. I don't know truthfully if I have the mental capacity like to be able to commute and then come home to my kiddos at night and have the energy that she did to bring me to dance, to bring me to this, to bring me to that. So I always say I'm not a mom yet, but I know that I will be one day and I wanted to be able to work from home so that I was there and had the flexibility of being there in my kids' lives. Another piece to that was, and almost not necessarily secondary, but a piece to it was the accessibility. I teach mental health first aid for um, organizations and for the community. And one thing we always go over, if you're in a crisis, you know, especially in New York, there's um, a number that you can call if you're in a crisis and you just want a mental health per- like professional. And I, I tested that number out one day. And again, I was in Staten Island and you know, public transportation is not that great. You're in quote unquote New York City, but public transit is not good on Staten Island. I tested the number out just to see who are they going to send me to if I'm in need of mental health. And I gave them like my insurance and what my needs were. And I was in Staten Island and they gave me a person that had availability soon. They were in the Bronx or something like that. I'm like, I have to take like three buses, a train, a plane and everything. So I knew that there was a piece to accessibility if I started a telehealth practice that like more people would be able to get it and get the support either before work, after work, not worrying about parking. Um, So I was like, you know what, this just makes the most sense. Yeah, definitely telehealth makes therapy so accessible and also specialists really accessible. Yes. But I want to rewind a second for like a listen up moment of yeah. you decided to be virtual because you were thinking about your future mm-hmm. and you thought, well, I don't have kids now, but I do yeah. want them in the future. And so I'm going to make decisions now that will now. set me up for success. And I mean, what is it? 2023. So, 19, so it's been like four years, four years. This, this setting up for success. It wasn't like, oh, that's what I'm going to do next month or next year. It's right. like, we're talking about, it's going to be five years that yeah. uh, minimum at this point, right? Right. right. Um, that you're setting yourself up for that. And so that's a real listen up moment, I think, yeah. for people, for grad students to hear. Yeah. You know, if you're interested in creating the life that you want to live, right now is the time to be thinking about the steps that you need to take to get there. A thousand percent. And I think a big piece of that too is listen, they don't teach us in grad school about all the pieces of business planning, right? Or or life planning for ourselves. They teach us and and you know push the mindset and narrative of like, go into community mental health and help out. And of course there's the time and place for that. And it's amazing to, to do all of that and do internship. But there's also a piece of, if you want to be able to go into private practice, understanding what that is, what that can provide for you and how that makes you a better clinician. When I'm enjoying my job, I'm showing up so much better for my clients. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to like do this, this, and this to be able to do my job. It's okay, I get to wake up in the morning and, you know, get my cup of coffee and be able to sit down and have a session because that's what I chose and that's what works for me. So I enjoy it so much more. So yeah, it's it's planning it's planning for your future and understanding five years from now, what do you want your life to look yeah. like? What do you want your schedule to look like? You know? Love that, love that. 
Hey grad students, real quick before we get back to this interview, if you are loving the idea of being a part of a community of like-minded graduate students who want to own their own private practice one day, then you need to head to Facebook and join my Facebook group from intern to entrepreneur. There's already a community set up of graduate students who one day want to own their own private practices and be entrepreneurs just like you. So head over to Facebook, join that group, and stay in the loop and get connected with people who are doing things that you want to do. Back to the interview. So you said then also how you got into doing some of this. So is it social media coaching? Like, what would you call yourself? What would you, yeah. what would you call that? I, I say I do consulting and coaching. Okay. Um, yeah. So I do that. I do it one-on-one and I have a membership for it. Um, right. For people that want. Yeah. And you're saying that that business sort of came out of people asking you for help with yep. something that they saw you do really well. So yep. that's another listen up moment is that when you're uh, at the point where you're deciding how you might make additional Branch income, yeah. listen to what people are telling you that they think you're good at and that yep. gives you ideas. But how did you like even know that was a thing that you could do? I think that it was, I have to say, I surround myself with like the best other clinicians who are also doing more than than like one-to-one work you know they're going outside of that model so it was a discussion of like you know people keep like asking me for help and they're like you need to monetize that like your business advice is not free and I'm like oh it's not like I can do other things in this oh you're right actually you're right I should be paid for my time that I'm giving help and you know I love helping people in general but there's again a piece of that is I'm going to burn out if I keep doing that and keep giving my time, you know? Um, so I just, I started researching and, and understanding like, what does a membership even look like? Um, what are typical fees to do for consulting? And I just, within like a month or two, I set up my business like right away because I was like, you know what? I'm going to set this up because as I'm realizing okay, I might be do, doing coaching and consulting, but this also can turn into other things that I know potentially I want to do. Retreats, continuing ed, all these other things. So I set myself up for a business that would allow me to encompass all that. So it's another example of you thinking ahead to the Always. future Always. as you're making the decisions that you're making now. Always, yep. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you're like setting yourself up. You're putting doors. It's like, I don't know which mm-hmm. ones I'm going to walk through, but I want the option to walk through them. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's important too, right? Is any decision that we make today is going to impact us, you know, a while from now. So what is it that I need to do for myself now to be able to have that success or and even success in defined as like what is enjoyable about my life, you know? So what is my schedule, a successful schedule even for me? So yeah. And what has it been like for you to be a therapist on social media? I, so it's very interesting because a lot of therapists still don't want to be like on social media. And then I know, I always say like, you don't have to like push yourself to do that. But I think a big, big piece of that too, is if you're thinking ahead of like, I mean, I've never done a TED talk, but let's say that you one day you're like, I want to do a TED talk or I want to speak here you need to have a presence. So I think for me, it's like, I have this ability to reach a wider audience, give, it's never mental health 
advice or, or therapy, but it's little like reminders, right? So I have this ability to impact a much larger audience of reminders of what to do for self-care or breath work. And then from that and seeing that I'm knowledgeable in those areas, I get opportunities to be able to speak somewhere at a conference or be asked to write a, write an article or on something. You know, it, it again, just opens more doors for things. I think the biggest fear people have is, oh, my clients are going to see me and they're going to see what I'm doing on social. I'm like, what? don't post wild things. Like, you know, you don't need to post going out on a Friday night if that's what you're doing. My clients don't know what I do. The most, and I gave this example recently on a podcast, the most that they knew is when I got engaged, that is something that I was so excited about and I shared it. And a client um, brought that up in a therapy session. They're like, I saw your social media, which listen, I have a bit of a larger following. I don't know who's following me. I have no idea. I don't check that. So sometimes it is my clients. And she was like, I saw that you got engaged over this weekend, you know, and I said, I want to pause right there because I don't want anything that I'm sharing about my personal life to be detrimental for you and your growth. You know, is seeing something like that, is it, is it hurting you? You know, is it, is it bothering you? What did that do for you? And she was like, nah, I just wanted to say congratulations. And then we moved on, right? Like it was not anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, we just overthink when it comes to social media as a therapist, we overthink. We're allowed to be ourselves first, you know? I agree. And I think that the example that you're giving is like in that, Hicks, you you cared more than your client cared. It yeah. Seems like. Oh, a thousand percent I did. Right. I, I've had a similar <laughs> experience where I saw a client out when I was out okay. with some friends, actually. Yeah. I was at a bar. Okay. And- and so, and I was, I left that bar and I wasn't drunk. It was like, right. I was just hanging with a couple of friends yep. left. I was probably there for an hour and 15 yep. minutes most left, had a whole freak out. Like, oh my God, we have to bring this up. I brought up this client was like, yeah, I, yeah, I saw you. And I was like, yeah, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you, you, you're you a person that is using the world the same way everybody else is using the world. Right. So, so I think that's an important point. And I think the other thing that you didn't directly say, but I think you were indirectly saying is like, it's our job as therapists when we're doing anything to be Mm -hmm. gauging what the ethical responsibility we have is. And so like, it doesn't change because you're so using social media, you still have to be thinking about it through the lens of, are you being an ethical therapist or not? Yeah. And if you are, What's the problem? What's the problem, right? There is none. There is none, and it's it's very funny because I I'll have when, when I coach or consult with um, clinicians, they're like, I wouldn't even know what's a post. And that my, in my membership, we talk about like what's a post for each day, and I'm like, but when you're struggling, allow yourself to be human. I always give the example of like, wake up in the morning and just be like, is it sunny by you or is it you know raining by you? How's your day going today? It does not always have to be this continuous preach of therapy and self-care and all that. Just allow yourself to be human because your clients want to be human too, right? So it's showcasing that and reminding them that that's okay um, is a big, big piece to it, you know, and and not overthinking it. Yeah. And something that you had mentioned a little bit ago is essentially if you have a social media presence, you're also then making yourself more accessible uh-huh. to clients, but also to somebody else who might hire you to do something that is therapy adjacent. A thousand percent. 
I had businesses. So in, in my consulting business, um, I do workplace, um, wellness workshops with different businesses. So I'll go like once a month to certain businesses that just for their employees, again, accessibility, I now have this ability to just like teach certain like breath work or self care. Um, but that happened out of seeing me on social media and saying like, Oh, is this something that you could do for like a larger audience? I'm like, yeah, of course I can. Like, what do you need? You know? And, and we built from that and it's, you just never know the opportunities that are going to come from allowing yourself to be, you know? Yeah. And, and the fact that somebody found you in that way and then hired you to do something mm-hmm. says that you're showing up professionally right. on social right. media platform because right. that person wasn't going to call you if you were on your therapy <laughs> right. social media posting about, you know, right. being drunk on a Friday night. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They contacted you because they thought, oh my God, this is a professional. This person is valuable. And I exactly. want to engage that person with something that could be beneficial to me and my team. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had already talked about you and I, um, Andrea, for anybody listening, if you're interested more on mm-hmm. social media ethics. I am going to have her come back and yeah. do a whole thing on social media ethics. So, so we can okay. put a, put a pause there. I'm, I'm curious too about your experience in then running a membership. You mentioned that you have a social mm-hmm. media membership. And so what's your experience been with that? I, what I've noticed and come to realize is that the people that like join the membership are often there because they're, they're nervous and fearful of like what that will look like. And genuinely just also need ideas and sometimes overthink social media in general. So, um, my membership, I give prompts for every day for social media. I look up trending reels audio. So I give three sounds to use for during the week. And then I give um, hashtag holidays for every day. So like national pizza day, how does that relate to being a therapist? Right. And, and learning and working that, um, it's been fun because I, I, it gives me that piece of ability to be able to teach people of like, you're allowed to tap into your creative side and be playful online and still be a therapist. You know, I always say I am Andrea first, and that's always going to shine in anything that I do. And my clients know that, right. They come to me for a reason because I'm the type of therapist that they, they need or want. Um, so I'm just teaching that in the membership too, that you're allowed to be you because again, you're going to enjoy your work more when you're allowing yourself to be truly who you are and showing up for your clients. So it's been, it's been fun. We have, um, with my members in my membership, we meet also once a week as a, as a group so that I can give them ideas, go over their social media, critique things. Um, so it's been, it's been fun to watch their growth too, honestly, and their comfortability within themselves to show up online. Yeah. And I think that's such a smart idea for a membership because it makes me think of, I've seen in the past for like teachers or mm-hmm. for like um, yoga, uh, yoga teachers where it's like, okay, here's lesson plans yeah. and you know, it's a membership for that. And then every week or month or whatever, they're like, here's some ideas for lesson plans. And I, I thought that was like, I, thought, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder if there's a way you could translate that to therapy. And there yeah. is, and, and this is the way that you're doing <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah. You, you ha- it sounds like you really have a creative side yeah. in that way. And so yeah. for people who don't have that cr- that creative side in that way or right. who just don't want to, right. Right. what a great option for them to be able to go, oh my God, Andrea is going to come up with these prompts. I'm going to find a way to make a mind and throw them up or, or yep. maybe they have an admin that they're going to say, hey, Andrea has this prompt, throw this on my social media. And the, the thing is too, like even when they're struggling, so I have a private Facebook group for them. So I put the prompts as a reminder in that private Facebook group so they can always comment and be like, 
I don't know how to use this for my niche. I'm like, here's what you do. You know, I, I, I love being able to, again, see their growth and their comfortability of being able to just show up online. Cause I think social media obviously gets a bad rap, right? Like we're like, Oh, it's so negative. It's so gross. It's so, but if there's more of us that are showing up and showing positive, we can kind of eliminate some of that negativity, right. And, and be able to be this like blanket over that negative side of, of social media. So there's a power in it too, you know? Absolutely. And something, something, another theme I'm hearing for you is the importance of community. I've heard you reference oh, yeah. clients today. Oh, um, yeah. Can you it's say big. a little bit about that? So um, I, it, it's very interesting, especially because having gone online, I'm like, I'm going to be solo and independent. I'm going to have a group practice, but it's online. So I'm not going to see my people, but I'm very much a people person. So community is so important to me. So finding a way to blend that into my life has also been important. Uh, I guess it's a, you said you and I met a year and a half ago. So almost like two years ago probably is when I had gone on the retreat before you and I had met um, with Megan and with Megan Gunnell. And I didn't realize how impactful that retreat was going to be. But some of the people from that retreat, I now speak to once a day and they live nowhere close to me. Some of them do, some of them don't. And it's very important for me to know that there's this sense of people that are doing similar work to me because I can align myself close to them where we can motivate and push each other. And I think there's a big piece to that, especially if you're working remotely, who are the people that are going to be in your corner that you can bounce ideas off of and be able to grow and be able to get grounded every once in a while when your ideas are maybe a little too flighty or you're, you're nervous and overwhelmed. It's really important for me. So building the membership around community was also important because there's this cohesiveness of everyone's scared or overwhelmed to be able to show up online. And I want to be that safe space or protective factor <clears throat> to say, it's okay. Here's how we're going to get through that. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's super important. Yeah. We, uh, we recently in New Jersey, um, Lena, Suarez Angelino and I, we started once a month, a networking event for, for mental health professionals. Yeah. I've been just, seeing you post yeah. about that and I've been curious to see how you, how that's been going. Uh, and, and if people are showing up and, and what the events are like and. Yeah. Her and I have to definitely post a little bit more. It's so funny. Cause we, we all, sometimes forget to take pictures cause we're so heavily involved in the moment of just like connecting with each other, which is a beautiful thing. But a piece of it is like, Oh gosh, we have to do better at marketing and take these pictures because we're not doing that. Um, we have every month about 10 people show up. So it's relatively small right now. Um, we know that that's going to continue to grow. Summer was a really hard time to do it, but to get 10 people in the summer, showing up at each event, I feel like is pretty, pretty nice because you, you can tell that people are craving again, craving community to be connected, to learn. Um, so with that event each month, and we're hoping actually to start doing like a second one South Jersey. So when we do, I'll let you know, cause you're, yeah, girl, you're too far. yeah. Um, what we do is every month we come up with a topic that we are going to talk about of things that have helped us in our practice or being able to grow. And in the future, we're going to have other people that want to come to the table and like highlight them and be able to speak on that just because there's so much happening in the mental health space of people doing like such quality work. And we want to showcase that and give people ideas of like what else you could be doing with, with our license, with our minds, you know? Um, Yeah. So we meet, we meet once a month, we have lunch, and we just talked about different things last month. Last month, what was it? 
I think last month was going beyond the one-to-one. This one, this month is my favorite topic and it's about policies and procedures and processes because I love setting those up and helping people set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's been nice to be able to like talk about those things and encourage other people, you know, yeah. to grow. Yeah. And I love having these conversations because now you're giving me some ideas. So I'm actually yes. in, in uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania is where I am in, mm-hmm. in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, Berks County, Lehigh Valley area. I actually am trying to organize a paddleboarding event for therapists in like Yay! a month now. And, and I hadn't even really thought like, oh yeah, you can, you can just invite other professionals in to, to to talk about these things. And so, all right, if you're in North Jersey and you're listening to this, yeah. <laughs> want to be part Middle, of Middlesex County area ish. So okay. yeah. <laughs> what is it? Mid, like Middlesex Monmouth okay. County. Middlesex. Like around there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you're in that area and is that is is that kind of thing open to to anybody? anybody? Okay. So yeah. anybody in the mental health field. So yep. even graduate students too? Yes, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. We've had yeah. people um that are like mental health professionals that are in nonprofit world. We've had people that work at hospitals. Like really anybody in the mental health fields because I think there's a piece to it, right? Of like community and collaboration. Like we need to know about each other's services so that we can figure out how we can, you know, help clients even too of other resources that they can need, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And what a fun way to network and then learn oh, at the man. same time. I, I have this, this philosophy of like, I don't do anything unless it's going to give me two or three good outcomes. Or yeah. Benefits. Yeah. So yeah, like the social aspect of just being around people, um, yeah. morning and also eating if you're doing lunch. Oh, so that's heck cool. yeah. That's yeah. And good it. food. So, and good food. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, good, food. good Italian food. So. Oh my God. That's perfect. <laughs> so I think that this is another sort of like listen up moment in terms of if you're interested in doing some of the stuff that that Andrea is talking about or that anybody on the podcast has been talking about, like yeah. find the people in your area mm-hmm. that are doing cool things so yep. that you start to build a community of people who are interested in building cool things. Because some people want to be mental health counselors, therapists, mm-hmm. whatever, and, and they want to do their job and they want to go home. And that is totally cool. Fine. And yeah. that is a great life for some people. Right. But then there's other people like us yeah. who are like, wait a minute, we want to we do this. <laughs> we want to do so much more. And so, yeah, surround yourself with the people that are doing that so that you get an idea of um, you know, you get ideas really. So, so, okay. Mm -hmm. The question that I ask everybody is what is one piece of practical or mindset advice that you would give to a therapist interested in an entrepreneurial journey? Mindset advice. I would say be open because you really, you truly never know what's going to come from any conversation that you have with anyone. I even, you know, in my marketing and when I talk to people, yes, we're in the healthcare field and we're in the mental health field, but we don't just treat healthcare. We treat people. So I always, I'm big on networking in general. So I'm a part of like the chamber of commerce and I always strongly encourage that for people get involved I'm the only therapy practice that's at my local chamber of commerce, but I'm talking to people that might know a person or they themselves might need therapy because the people that come to me are, they're people. They're not just from the doctor's offices. They're outside of there. So being open to conversations and understanding that like, you'll never know what's going to come from something. And if, and if you have that gut feeling of like something needs to shift or change, 
just being open to the idea that that like message was there for a reason for you and you might be pushed into doing something more, you know, being open to it. Yeah. I feel like if you ever have a memoir, it should be called Be Open because (laughs) everything that you said as part of your story came from you being being open open (laughs) to to whatever. I love that. Thank you. You know what? Because I do want to write a book one day. So you gave me a good idea for that. I like that. I'll write a a letter to you on it. Don't worry. (laughs) So anything else you would like our grad student listeners to know before we wrap this interview up today? I think... um, just if you're sitting in fear or overwhelm, definitely find the people that are going to help you to move through that. If it's listening to podcasts like Quarry's, if it's, you know, connecting with someone else, just, just surround yourself with people and resources that are going to help you know that like you're, you're on an okay path, you know, and, and again, just be open. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And if anybody wants to join your membership, how might they find you? So I'm always hanging out on Instagram. So find me at Andrea Brognano um, or my website is achievewithandrea.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andrea. This has been super fun. Hopefully the next time I see you, it can be face to face. Yes, we have to. We have to get lunch or drinks or something. We have to. We have to. We're going to make it happen in this. Thank (laughs) you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. I hope that you loved this episode of From Intern to Entrepreneur. And if you want to learn more about what we talked about, check out the show notes. If you love this podcast and you want to support me in continuing to create content for entrepreneurs, then please share this with a friend, a grad student, who you think might want their own private practice one day. And also like, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it.